This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Hey, it's the Scuttlebutt. Hey, Scuttlebutt Nation, that's right. You've stumbled on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Honest conversation with open hearts. A place for discussions, breakdowns, and deep dives. This is your safe space when it comes to nerd opinions. Because just like assholes, we all got them. <laughs> Strap in, grab your blaster, and some sunscreen. Because it's always sunny on Scare. Oh boy, it's the Scuttlebutt. And that's the Scuttlebutt. That's the Scuttlebutt. I'm going to start recording just because a lot of times we have good stuff before we actually start. Yes. I've been listening to your uh, sequel recap discussion. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. I didn't think I'd survive, but here I am. The Jedi Knights are all but destroyed, and yet your task is not complete, Inquisitor. The Emperor has foreseen a new threat rising against him. The children of the Force. They must not become Jedi. Yes, Lord Vader. Hunt down this new enemy, and if they will not serve the Empire, eliminate them along with any surviving Jedi who would train them. This is my master's command. And so it will be done. Okay, folks, this is the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Thank you for joining us on episode 182 tonight. We are going to have a good one, a conversation with my good friend Dave from What Does Star Wars Mean to You? Dave, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me once again. Yes, absolutely. Like I said, you have an open invite, an open door policy here at the Citadel. So whenever you want to come on by and talk, um, but... Um, it's funny because, uh, like I said, you've got an imp- open invite, but I keep forcing you to come back. So thank you for being <laughs> for uh, being a good sport. I know the, the people can't see me, but I'm tied down to a chair with a mic in front of my face. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, so I think what was the last time you were here? You were we were talking about uh, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, got- oh, we were talking about. Oh, the geek. Uh, it was the first episode of 2024. Oh, that's it was right. The geek highlights of um, of 2024. Excellent. Uh, in that geek highlight episode, the first show of 2024, we were talking about new Star Wars movies and we were very excited, obviously, because, yes. you know, we're Star Wars fans. Um, but today we got like a, a report, a rumor, uh, a rumor. some some scuttlebutt that... <laughs> In fact, the Ray movie was not going to happen. <laughs> I think uh, is this the fastest rumor to be debunked? I mean, was it debunked? Yeah, I think so. Like, it, it was like literally a uh, tweet at 8 a.m. Ray movies delayed. 8:01. That's not true. And <laughs> and I think that is Twitter in a nutshell. Pretty much. Pretty much. But uh, it's fascinating to me how fans will take anything that's in print as canon. Oh, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I don't care who says it or how long ago. There's, I think this is a good example is um, they announced the Mandalorian and Grogu movie. 
Do you think that's going to be the title, Mandalorian and Grogu? Or is that just kind of like a working, hey, this is going to be the movie and we're calling it this so that you know what it's about? Yeah, you know, um, I've I've seen a lot of posts from other Star Wars people on the Twitters that uh, they are kind of sick and tired of having the uh, title of these shows as, uh, you know, names. You've yes. got Andor, you've got Ahsoka, you've got Mandalorian. And um, if it is the title, then uh, Disney is uh, kind of, uh, you know, nailing the uh, putting the nail in the coffin as far as uh, sticking to their guns when when titling movies. Um, but, uh, you know, there were other, uh, also there were other, uh, some other, you know, uh, YouTube people or Twitter people, whatever, um, berating the fans that were focusing too much on the title of this movie. Um, but Hey man, as star Wars fans, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's picking up every last scrap and trying to read the tea leaves and seeing what it all means. I think I think uh one really fun thing that might I don't even want to say might happen. Here's something that would be funny to me is if it had an Indiana Jones style title. So is The Mandalorian Grogu and the Dark Saber of Mandalore. I, that's a terrible title. I'm sure you can think of a better title than that. But the idea of like, here's these two characters and this is their adventure. I think that's a great idea, actually. A nice right? little concept. Um, yeah. Uh, let's Grogu and Dinjarin <laughs> and the Lost Saber of, I don't know, something. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I think yeah. it's a good idea. The, the Crystal Skull of Damp Fur. <laughs> Oh, that's right. There's already been an Indiana Jones Crystal Skull movie. Oh, I bet, I bet uh, Kathleen Kennedy's pissed about that. Why'd you take my Crystal Skull title? <laughs> Even though she probably produced that movie too. Um, yeah, but I think that's a good idea. Um, yeah, I I, I want to say that no, that's not going to be the name of the movie. Um, that would kind of suck. But yeah. uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, I guarantee you. That even Disney, even Lucasfilm, even Dave Filoni may not know yet. That's true. And I bet you he may not even know what his movie's about. Yeah, absolutely. Although, you know, there are people that will um, argue uh, on the contrary. Um, knowing Dave Filoni is kind of, uh, he's kind of like Emperor Palpatine in some respects where he's, um, he seems to be prepared, uh, many steps ahead of the <laughs> yeah. average, uh, of the average writer. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I thought, know. I, I thought when you compared him to Emperor Palpatine, you meant that he sits in a chair with his hand on like footage of future Star Wars movies going, you want this, don't you? <laughs> he absolutely does that. What are you talking about? <laughs> I would. If I were Dave Filoni, that's all I'd do. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we got that news today. Um, like you said, uh, posted at 8 a.m., debunked by uh, mid-morning. And, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, people will still be uh, talking about it. Um, it's interesting, too, because uh, in 2024, what, what Star Wars are we getting? We're getting the um, uh, the Acolyte. We're getting Acolyte. Skeleton Crew. Yep. And um, I really want a uh, I really want a trailer for uh, for Bad Batch. Yes, I I mean it feels awkward that we haven't had one yet. I I forget when Bad Batch season two premiered. It was in January twenty twenty four, or maybe it was later than that. Later than uh, today. Today is January twenty twenty four. Oh, I'm sorry. January 2023. <laughs> Usually I have the opposite problem where I think it's the year previous. Oh, that's too funny. I am looking it up right now. Oops. To premiere. Come out. That's fine. Uh, January 4th, 2023. So I had some of the numbers right, just in the wrong that is order. Correct. Just in the wrong order. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny because... I I, uh, I almost feel like uh, I know that we had a strike, uh, both uh, actors and all sure. those uh, wonderful uh, acting peeps. Um, that kind of slowed things down production-wise. But yep. uh, I almost feel like a lot of these projects um, should have been finished already, even before the strike. Um, but maybe that's not the case. I don't know what your feeling is. I know uh during the emmys uh last night or a couple nights ago i think um uh cassian andor actor diego luna said that uh they are uh, about two weeks shy of finishing production on andor season two and that he's uh kind of gearing up to go back and finish uh he's gonna head back to the uk and and finish things up so uh maybe uh yeah maybe they um maybe they still have a, a ways to go with with everything really yeah, it's um, and, you know, like something like Andor has a lot of effects to have to uh, go into it, um, you know, and who knows when the editing started. The editing may start. I'm sure they've started at least episode one and two of the post-production for I'm getting too much in the weeds now. I, I can feel it. I, I, well, you know, Ro, it takes uh you don't just shoot it. You have to edit it too. And then you have to do the effects, Ro. You know that. Um, but the point being is uh, production's a long, arduous process. And once you're done shooting, there is the post-production aspect of it, which is on shows typically a little done at the same time. So they could be into it. But um and I don't know if this is a rumor or not. I don't know what's true anymore, Ro. But that's you know that that's not even my real name. I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what was I thought? Uh, oh, oh, Andor season two is coming out in twenty twenty five. Wasn't it delayed officially? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, they. I think they started. Uh, they started production, and then all of a sudden, they uh, went on strike. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, it took a while, um, but uh, they were already into production, um, having been delayed by by that uh, that struggle for the actors and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, do you think? Um, 
because as fans and as someone who grew up during the dark times, uh, like the mid 80s, late early 90s, when there was no Star Wars around, you could only kind of, you know, you had your uh, fan magazines um, and uh, nowadays it's so easy to get information. Do you think as fans, we get in too much information too soon? Absolutely. I was just talking about that uh, on the socials today. I think, uh, you know, again, whether it's rumor or not, uh, you know, some uh, unscrupulous pop, uh, what do you call it? Publication posts something yep. and then all of a sudden the fans, you know, take that and run with it. Uh, that happened today with the Ray movie. And, um, you know, it, obviously it feeds both ends of the spectrum. It feeds the uh, folks that uh, like to say, I told you so, Lucasfilm sucks. And the other ones that, yep. uh, you know, say, oh, you know, I was really looking forward to uh, to the, the Ray movie. This is uh, nothing more than, a you know, a, a smear campaign. But um, I absolutely do think that social media and the uh, the ability for us to access information, whether it's wrong or right, that it it is kind of uh, hurting the the fandom in some way because, you know, like you said, we grew up in the dark, dark times. We 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 got uh, used to waiting three years in between Star Wars projects. Yeah. Um, we had uh, magazines like Starlog magazine, uh, kind of flipping through. You know, some of those uh, articles, uh, you know, trying to, you know, get as much information as we, we could about these new movies, um, learning about, uh, you know, what Blue Harvest uh, was yeah. back in 1982. Like, why does this why does this logo look familiar? <laughs> so it's um, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I, I think it's a lot. um I think there's a lot of information out there, and I think it it kind of hurts uh, our our ability to be patient. First of all, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we're older fans, and I think even us are are spoiled at the accessibility of information because as as fans, like you said, we kind of scroll through everything frame by frame, word th word for word, and um, you know, we we are like Palpatine. Yes, we do want this. <laughs> <laughs> I fantasize being hired by Disney and Lucasfilm to make a secret Star Wars movie that just pops out like the trailer premieres and that's the first everyone hears about it. I I think that would be so awesome that or would Star be Wars show. but just something where it's just like oh, here's a trailer didn't like you didn't, didn't expect it yep. yeah yeah those uh i think that would probably get fans uh super excited even i don't know it's uh in an alternate universe maybe that's uh that's happening as we speak but uh, that would oh, be really great yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we, we are kind of close with the Acolyte. I mean, you know, we had uh, the only thing that was, um, I guess there were some set leaks, some set pictures leaked and the trailer from Celebration, um, you know, was 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 kind of circulating. It wasn't officially released, so it was all cell phone, uh, you know, cell phone video. But, um, you know, a show like uh, the Skeleton Crew, we really have absolutely no um yeah. not a lot of information at all 
which, um, you know, once they drop a trailer for that, whenever that is, uh, that'll be kind of a, a nice little surprise. Um, you know, we, we know it's about children of the force. We know that uh, Jude Law is in it. But other than that, I mean, really, what, what else do we know about it? Nothing. I like the closest. I like last year. It was compared to. It was like the Goonies in Star Wars universe, right? Space Goonies uh, or something. Yeah, Space Goonies. Um, and I don't even know where that's sourced from. Now, now I'm all kind of like, am I just passing along dumb information, or was yeah. that something that really happened? I think we all are. Yeah, we're we're all <laughs> part of the machine. We we are. I mean, it's a it's the PR machine, and they make these announcements to get people excited to build up, so that people are aware of it when it finally comes out in one, two, three years. Um, but I, I I think that's a double edged sword as well because people uh, maybe take the wrong things. Now you have that kind of hate that is just about the unknown it's like ah, oh, it's a ray movie that's gonna suck because it's about ray well we don't know what it's <laughs> like it's going to be um and i think that's if i were to have a crusade it would be let's just give the movie time to be itself sure uh, i would love i wrote a piece like a blog back in uh right after here, bringing it back full circle, row right after Last Jedi mm. uh, was released, and it was a fictional letter to the editor to someone to something like Starlog that was uh, from uh, this this Star Wars fan, Roland David Pierce, who hated Empire Strikes Back because of all these different reasons uh that kind of echoed the uh disdain that last jedi got and that's what i think about is like um if we don't let the movie speak for itself if we let all this bts behind the scenes stuff speak for it we're not getting the movie we're just getting another piece to a larger puzzle that is about the real world not about um not about this fantasy world that we love does that make sense? Hmm. My talking crazy wait, talk. Oh, wait, I want the BTS. Oh yeah, it does behind the scenes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think it. I think it definitely makes sense. I think, uh, you know, again, I think we are at an age where we have information and reactions at our fingertips in our back pockets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We are able to uh, to be reactionary at at a drop of a th of a coin. Um, is is that what you're dropping? Is that the saying? A drop of a drop of a hat. Drop of a there hat. Drop of a hat. Of a but hat. I mean, you can you can drop whatever. It's the same effect. But, yeah, yeah. Um, because everything falls at the same speed. It's going right. to hit the ground at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that video where the hammer and the uh, feather drop in a in a vacuum? It's fascinating. They drop at the same rate. I think I saw it like a year ago. Oh, it's pretty cool. That's yeah. That sounds really cool. That stuff but, is fascinating. Fascinating. But I digress. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, whatever whatever happens, I think fans should just, uh, you know, absorb it, uh, yeah. comment on it, and uh, and move on. Um, yeah. I don't know about move on, but, you know, we're, we're, we're passionate people. And I think that's why we care so much. Um, it's true. And we, we it's are, true. you know, we get upset. Uh, but um, I don't know. 
Well, I guess it, then, and all of this is obvious stuff, but it comes down to how you express how, yeah, how something upset you, and, and I think that is where it gets a little um, weird and sure. disturbing, and says more about the person talking than it actually says about what they're talking about. Oh, I like that. Uh, I know I'm deep yeah. tonight. I'm deep, bro. I'm going deep. Excellent. <laughs> Hey, friends, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh, yeah. Of course, you can take advantage of our merchandise store at TeePublic, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh, nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend. It keeps us going. You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Any amount starting at five bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please. Hey, uh, do you like award shows? I, I know I, 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 I know I mentioned the Emmys. I did not watch them. I didn't know they were on. I think I was busy <laughs> doing some other stuff. But I usually do like uh, award shows because I like to see, you know, what has captured the imagination of, of uh, both the stars and the public. I want to see, like, what's hot and yep. uh, what's what's out there. Um, like I mentioned, uh, you know, yes, yesterday were the Emmys. Um I know we've got the Oscars coming soon. That's kind of like the uh, the Super Bowl of uh, award shows for uh, for people that like movies. I know award shows are becoming less favorable for uh, a lot of people uh, for their disdain of of Hollywood players. But um, you know, I'm a uh, not only am I a Star Wars fan, but I'm a movie fan too. And I, um, you know, I I, I kind of uh, consider myself one of those behind the scenes. Wait, wait, one of those BTS type <laughs> type people. Um, so I, that that's one of the biggest reasons I like uh, watching the award shows. Um, yeah, but speaking of awards, uh, our friend Dave Filoni is going to be honored at the fifty first Saturn Awards. And uh, they uh, they will be giving him the George Pal Memorial Award next month. Of course, Dave Filoni, Lucasfilm's chief creative officer, whatever that means. That'll be good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he's earned it, right? Like 20,000 seasons of Clone Wars. And Rebels. Yeah. Rebels and then Bad Batch. Um, Mandalorian. Uh, rising in the ranks of Lucasfilm, he he's gonna be, you know, he he's he's the literal heir to the empire, right? I uh, yeah, I agree. I think he has earned it. I think um, you know when it comes to the next phase of his evolution, uh, live action. I think um, he still has uh, quite a few things to learn as far as. Mm-hmm. Uh, pacing storytelling um in a live action environment but um hey we all got to start somewhere right 
Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I think one of the interesting things, I, I don't know who said this. Um, it, it may have been a commentary. It may have been an executive at Disney or somewhere else that um, streaming shows tend to be six or seven hour movies as opposed to one hour um, one hour segments. So they have a different structure. So the everything feels a little off. And to kind of recapture that television structure, they're going to go back to a TV model. It was a Disney executive. It could have been even been Iger. Uh, in, in trying to make the episodes more TV-like so that the pacing and structure feels a little more familiar and feels I, I I I agree better. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when the streaming shows first hit, um, one of the biggest problems for me was the pacing. It it almost felt, and I know you mentioned that uh, you know these streaming shows are are like mini movies, but stretched out to to uh, you know a couple of hours there. Um, but I I'd rather have three solid hours of content with great story. Than yeah. seven hours of loosey goosey filler, go nowhere, you know, kind of, you know, kind of a series because, you know, you you uh, you lose interest. You you kind of start to, uh, you know, when you have that much time to kind of think of uh, some of the things that you don't like, it starts to, it starts to permeate your 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 thought process. Um, you yeah. know, for me, I think, uh, you know, Ahsoka kind of fell into that, uh, that category. Um, yep. I loved the, you know, the, the, the concept behind Ahsoka as a TV show. I was very excited, but I think, uh, you know, one of the, one of the reasons I think Brad and I rated it, uh, so low the entire series is because some, somewhere in the middle, they, they kind of, uh, stretched out what should have been like, uh, an episode and a half into like five episodes. It's like, come on, yes. get get to peridia already damn it i so, think obi-wan suffers from that as well yeah yeah um, so i i'm looking forward to having disney kind of revamp their streaming model and i know you know maybe it was uh because they wanted to stretch the uh the life of uh, of a streaming show to attract more people to 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 stay along you know a little longer mm -hmm. i remember during the old um the sopranos on hbo days once the sopranos was over you know people would log off and and discontinue their their monthly subscription until it started up you know six months later yep. so uh, you know i'm sure they want to avoid that um but uh it, it might have had the opposite effect because uh, people are leaving in droves Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, streaming's getting a little more expensive. There's a little more options out there. Like, um, you know, there's something in every streaming offer. Like Peacock has something. Uh, um, Paramount, Disney Plus, Netflix, HBO Max. Uh, there's probably a couple I'm missing. You, you can go down to Crunchyroll and you, like the. I don't want to say lower tier, but the uh, kind of peripheral uh, streaming services that are more niche, uh, niche, 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 BTS. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so there's just so many options out there now uh, to have to like choose from. Um, and I, I do think like the churning is probably one of the best ways to see what you want to see 
but not have to pay that full cable bill every month. Sure. Um, and one thing I've I, I've been doing a rewatch of Picard season three, and this is the one of the like Star Trek: The Next Generation reunion, and. St- I think that is that should be the goal of every sci-fi streaming show to have that 45 roughly 45 to an hour of compelling story that has a beginning middle and end and connects to the next one and has something overall to say within every episode. I, I just think it's a really great series. Sure. And one of the ones I missed for our 2024 recap. 2023. Yeah, just, sorry. There you go. Jeez, you are in the future, my friend. I am. It's already 2025 for me, and I'm getting my <laughs> tickets for the Ray movie. And it's called Excellent. Ray Movie, Other Jedi's. And it was canceled. And it was canceled. And then I tweeted about it, and shortly after, I was canceled. Let's get into our main topic. I know uh, I dragged you uh, out here to uh, talk about the Inquisitors. It's a yeah. uh, fascinating set of characters for me. And um, it's uh, I, I posted. Let me grab my phone because we really did get yeah. a lot yeah, of, uh, of responses. But um, I want to ask you this question because I think people are going to be surprised as to the origins of the yeah. Inquisitors, um, what oh, year? Yeah, what year do you think the Inquisitors, um, as a concept, what year do you think that was introduced by uh, by the powers of B? Well, I I, I did some research. So, Uh-oh. 1986. I've got 1987. Oh, 1987. Then I'm just off. You are a, you are off by a year, no matter what. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm still in the future, but it's in this uh, Star Wars role playing game source book. Yeah, from West End Games. Back in 1987, first mentioned, like you said, the Star Wars source book, the Inquisitorious, and the general concept of the uh, dark side agents working for the Empire. Um, yeah. 
I have. I actually didn't know that they went that far back. So it's uh, it's interesting to me. I mean, right, uh, you know, a couple of years after Return of the Jedi, which uh, to me is very surprising. I thought uh, that maybe, uh, maybe in the mid '90s that, that something happened somewhere, a comic book or something. But uh, it's interesting. 1987. Wow. Yeah, it's um, you know, it is. I, I, I love the uh, Western Games source book because it is everything Star Wars that was known to date plus um, in 1987, which wasn't a lot. I mean, you had six hours of Star Wars uh, at sure. that time. And yeah. if you want to include the cartoons, you had those uh, and maybe the Ewok movies. But no one was role playing Ewoks in 1987. <laughs> no. Um, I, I bet you the, here's a okay Twitter or X send me a picture of you dressed as an Ewok in 1987 playing an RPG game and <laughs> and you'll win a no prize but um, but I just find it so fascinating because there's like this rich history of references that even even Filoni goes back to uh, for example, he had the um, there was a Kenner toy, the prison transport ship. Is that what it was? A prison transport car um, that wasn't in the movies that came out in like 79. It was just a imperial prison transport that you could play with that Kenner came up with. And then in I want to say Rebels, he uses it. It makes a mm. canon uh, within the show. And I, I love when little pieces, little clues from the past come up and become something bigger. Um, and then Inquisitors is one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about Dave Filoni and uh, he has been doing that. You know, the that uh, transport troop, uh, if it's the same one we're talking about, you're talking about, um, appeared in uh, season one of The Mandalorian. Oh, that's right. It did. When when they were coming, uh, when it was coming out to face off against the Mandalorian and his uh, sure, and the yeah. gang there. Yes. That's so, right. yeah, I mean, Dave Filoni, uh, you know, obviously f uh, borrowing and, and pulling things from uh, the expanded universe or, you know, what they call legends. I think, um, you know, he's been doing a lot a lot of that lately and he's been you know uh surprising fans by bringing you know some of those elements in but um absolutely they um you know even some uh ralph mccrory elements and designs that were not used originally are coming back uh so uh, that, that's yeah. always exciting always exciting to see Yes. I, I, so, like I said, I posted, what are your overall feelings of the Inquisitors? Um, and, um, you know, this was supposed to be a quick cuts, but there's so much to talk about. We're going to make this a, a, an entire episode here. Uh, one of my followers here, Jedi Hick, says, I love them. I hope we get loads more. You've got uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, Ken Plain says, they suck. <laughs> Generic villains for survivor Jedi to fight. No Jedi means no need for Inquisitors. Um, and I think that obviously um, 
you know, you would have to have uh, no Jedi in order for uh, no Inquisitors to be around. But I think, you know, once uh, once we realized that some of the Jedi kind of survived and escaped and were hiding, yep. um, you know, maybe uh, they felt it uh, necessary to come kind of uh, bring back the uh, the legend of or, or the stories of the Inquisitors. Um I don't know what uh, one more thing. Author Adam Bray says most of them look cool, but they are kind of ineffective. And I wanted to get your take on that. Um, But uh, backing up to the original question, what are your thoughts? What are your general thoughts about the Inquisitors here? Here. Well, I think um, the first Inquisitor we're really introduced to is the Grand Inquisitor, and that was in Rebels season one. And at first it was kind of confusing to me in the sense of there was the rule of two and that seemed to be so uh ingrained up until 2014 2015 2014 i think um that when you brought in a new sith i i well not he they're technically not sith they are uh sith disciples really um Sith assistants, I think, is what they're called. Sith assistants, right? Right. I, I think that, that might that might be on their business cards. Yeah, but there, yeah. you know, there's also you know the, the, the there's also that story that they are fallen Jedi. Um, That's right. Yes. Kind of but, converted um, or disillusioned Jedi. Right. I mean, they're definitely not Sith, and I think you know some of the folks that were. Um, tweeting at me or xing on me or whatever the term is uh <laughs> they were they were talking about the fact that uh to them it seemed like it messed up the rule of two but they're they're not yeah. sith so it didn't really bother me i i was a little i i don't want to say bothered i was confused by it and um but as they grew on i i understood kind of the need for them the whoever said it was um someone for other jedi to fight that's kind of true but i also find it very interesting that star wars um the original trilogy is very black and white and very archetype so it is very you're good you're evil there's no kind of room for gray area and then there's the rule of two that's a very binary that like you you have to have a a master and an apprentice the end but then if you want to grow your world as as a place for more stories to grow out of you need to kind of create those gray areas and i think these were a great kind of um addition to that mythology uh from going from black and white to kind of gray and there's these kind of new super villains to have to go up against and uh and in a way they're also just kind of cool like you when you first see um what are the knights of rin in the trailer mm-hmm. you're like oh these guar uh kind people, of like inquisitors uh, right yeah th- these are kind of cool uh villains um, but it, it, it just, they, they have that kind of comic book coolness to them. I kind of mm-hmm. remember them from the comic book more than, than, uh, rebels because they were used pretty effectively in the comic books as well. 
Yeah, and I did say that. I mentioned to somebody that it seems like, uh, you know, when we see the uh, the Inquisitors as a group, they were they were a lot more effective in the comic books, as I remember as well. I think, you know, we got a uh, we got a real look, uh, a real live action look at Inquisitors during the uh, the Kenobi show. You know who we are. You know what we do. In actuality, I would say, the Jedi hunt themselves. Do you know the key to hunting Jedi, friend? It is patience. Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. For example, in our line of work, rumors run rampant here's one i heard just recently it involves a jedi hiding right here in your lovely saloon which i i felt uh they were very watered down and ineffective um and uh you know the grand inquisitor obviously that we uh we are familiar with from rebels um he was a you know great looking character um, that greatness didn't translate too well to the uh, to, to live action, uh, yeah, which we yeah. we all we all know um, what happened there. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. I think um, you know the comic books. It's funny because uh, you know I would also say that uh, Darth Vader in the uh, in a lot of the comic books was uh, probably even more fearsome. Um, mm-hmm. than, uh, than some of his portrayal on screen, um, which, uh, you know, everybody, everybody who loves Darth Vader, you know, is, is kind of familiar with, uh, with some of the, uh, the lines that, <clears throat> that he has said in some of the comic books. Um, even, uh, you know, even shows like Rebels where he, he pops in uh, a couple of times, he's, uh, he's very fearsome and, um, yeah, I mean the the inquisitors for sure are uh, like you said. I think in order to be able to, I don't know, play in this sandbox and not get uh, boring from yeah. you know just dealing with with absolutism, I think we do. You're right. I think you do have to kind of create some sort of nuance between the good guys and the bad guys. And I I, I know a lot of people um, have uh, you know struck down the idea of gray Jedi. Uh, that uh, you know that is kind of still um, debated on on social media for for everyone to see there. But um, the Inquisitors, for sure. I think uh, I, I think these are characters that uh, that I find interesting, and each yep. one is very different. Each one is very different. Um, we've seen the Inquisitors from Rebels, like you mentioned, the the Grand Inquisitor. You've got Merak, Marak, Merak, Mar- uh, from uh, from the Ahsoka show. You've got that uh, that bone faced looking Inquisitor in Tales of the Jedi that fights uh, Ahsoka. So. Yep. Uh, they're all over the place, but I wanted to ask you real fast because I know there are some people that um, that really did not agree with the, their functionality. Um, and as someone who, you know, growing up, obviously, I mentioned that I, I, I'm a fan of Darth Vader. You you pictured Darth Vader is is really the one that went out to uh, to help hunt down and destroy the yeah. Jedi. 
and he's the one that uh, that did it under the uh, the you know the commandment of of Palpatine. But later on, obviously, we find out that uh, the Inquisitors were the ones that uh, that kind of took the role of of hunting down these uh, rogue Jedi. What do you feel about, um, or what do you tell you know certain people that uh, that don't like the fact that the Inquisitors were introduced because they take away that uh, that agency? Um, uh, against uh, Vader doing it himself. Lord Vader, the fleet has moved out of light speed and we're preparing to... Well, I think one thing is uh, the basic story concept, which is if you have Vader always failing, you're going to be taking away the viciousness of Vader. Like, you can't have Vader show up at the Hoth base just to see the Millennium Falcon take off in every single story you're doing. Because obviously... When you're doing a comic book that has 50 issues in between um, Star Wars, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back or Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I mean, right now we're currently on issue 40 of um, Star Wars and Darth Vader in the time period between Empire and Jedi. So if you have Darth Vader always nipping at their heels, eventually you're going to be like, well, Darth Vader's kind of ineffective. He's not yeah. a very good bad guy. He's just That's kind true. of a a dummy who's always like right on our heels. Uh, so I think that's a it's a great way to have that. Plus, you know, if you play video games, you know you have several different bosses to go through until you hit the main guy, and this allows for that too. Because like stormtroopers. And then Vader is a pretty wide gap of of characters. And from A New Hope, that's what you have. Those are – you have Stormtroopers. You have, well, Death Star Troopers. And then you have Darth Vader. Sure. Um, and so this fills in that kind of like, um, you know, coordinator, manager, senior manager, director, senior director, EV, uh, VP, EVP gap where, um, you know, the Emperor's CEO – Darth Vader's the uh, EVP, and then everyone else is kind of below them until uh, you hit the stormtroopers, which are kind of like coordinators. Um, and if you don't have the that ranking, then you don't have uh, characters for your uh, for your heroes to kind of cut their teeth on. Um, also, it I think this gives like Reva is a great. To me, I loved Reva in her story. Here's a Jedi who wants to kill Vader and so decides to be like, you know what? I'm going to join his ranks and stab him in the back when I get the opportunity. He was wise to use you against me. That's a great character story, and uh, sure, you could do that as, uh, with her as a stormtrooper, or you could do that with her as a Death Star trooper, but it's kind of more innately interesting that they are fallen Jedi who either became disillusioned or corrupt by the Emperor, uh, or disillusioned by the Jedi or corrupt by the Emperor, and are um, now kind of taking it out on everybody else. I think it's... it, it, it it provides a lot of um, fodder for storytelling. 
Sure. Yeah. Um, did you read uh, Charles Soule's uh, one of his uh, Darth Vader comic books where uh, they explore the early days of the uh, Inquisitors? Oh, I don't. I feel like I should have. Was it? Um, but I, I don't remember it. Yeah, I think um, th- there was a part in that comic book where um, uh, Palpatine introduces Vader to the Inquisitorius and says, uh, "These, this is your army. They're going to help you uh, wipe out the, the remaining Jedi that kind of uh, fled and escaped. Um, and, uh, you know, it's... It was interesting. I think I, I love Charles Soule, uh, his contribution to to Star Wars. I know uh, in the past we've talked about Star Wars or uh, Darth Vader 25, which was his uh, his I think the, the first run of that Darth Vader uh, comic book. Um, yep. But it's it's a uh, it's a great little addition, I think, to uh, like you said, to to the nuance of uh, of the rule of two. And again, you know, these are not Sith uh, by any means, but, um, I think, um, I think they definitely add something to it. And I actually never thought of, uh, your explanation as far as making Darth Vader kind of ineffective if he keeps missing or he keeps, uh, messing up the, um, the mission to, to kill these Jedi. Um, but it's funny because, uh, you know, who's, let me get back to Ryan Alex, uh, somebody that responded said, I don't care for them. Hum- hunting down the remaining Jedi used to be what Vader did between Return of the Sith and A New Hope. Now it feels like he's just delegating to others so he can do what? Sit on his throne? Um, it was more badass when Vader uh, threatened Noah, knowing he was a one-man army. Which I, you know, I, I agree to to a certain degree, but I think, uh, like I said, I don't think I've ever thought of the fact that, you know, if Vader keeps going around and, and uh, missing his target, that uh, it, it does kind of uh, make him uh, ineffective there. Did you really believe I did not see it, youngling? You are of no further use. Again, in the idea of telling stories, at the highest level, Vader is hunting down the Jedi, and sure. he, and um, it's kind of like, hey, uh, George Lucas wrote Empire Strikes Back, yes, but also Lee Brackett, and also, um, oh, oh God, I, I'm blanking on his name now, Kasdan, um, Lawrence Kasdan, and. Uh, And so as you like dig deeper into the story of how Empire Strikes Back was made, you realize a lot of people helped out. It wasn't just George Lucas in the backyard with a bunch of action figures. It was like I was when I was 22. Um, But it it was people, all kinds of people contributing to the cause. And that's what the the Inquisitors are. And also... um, I'm going to do it on the side. If you want to cut this out, that's fine. But I would love to do a sketch off of Monty Python's Spanish Inquisition, but call it the Imperial <laughs> Inquisitors. And it's like, no one expects the Imperial Inquisitors. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I think I, think, um, I understand uh, not liking them. And I think there's a point there. But... 
I think overall the story is going to suffer if you don't have them. Yeah. Or the, I, the, the multiple stories. Sure, sure. Who's your favorite? Do you have a favorite Inquisitor? Uh, I think the Grand Inquisitor is probably my favorite uh, until until Obi Wan. Like, um, I I literally had to go back and do some research to see if it was the same Grand Inquisitor. I was like, oh, I guess the other guy died and they brought this guy in. Still protecting your precious crew. <laughs> Quite admirable. And what I want to know is about the other rebels. Codename Fulcrum. All right, folks, I wanted to take a little break and say thank you to all the patrons here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Do you all remind me to make sure that we spit out some good product here from topics to technical? We want to make sure that you are proud of us enough to attach your name to this show. First of all, our executor tier, Scott and Kim of the Use and Abuse podcast, a proud member of the Red 5 family. Make sure to check them out. Visit them in the chat when they go live for fun and shenanigans. And speaking of shenanigans, another one wonderful supporter nicholas schaefer mr backyard tardis himself hey he's got a channel adventures in locksmithing and if you think rekeying is all he does well you should watch a few of his videos and prepare yourself for the crazies all right and moving on to our garrison tier big thanks to the frank our resident back to the future expert Log in and say hello. What's up, Frank? Melanie Marquita, big high five to you, my friend. One of my favorite collaborators. We got comics and cosmetics. Danny, her YouTube channel's got the latest nerd news and some awesome tips on comics and cosmetics. Go give her a sub. All right, big shout outs to Alex, the salty nerd himself. Nicole, peace, love, and all fandoms. And someone who brings joy to my timeline, Belinda. So glad you're on this list. I also want to give a special shout out to Vader, Rapina, and Rennie. And of course, Ollie and family. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you, patrons and friends of the podcast. If you're interested in helping to keep the lights on here, get some exclusive Scare of Swag, stickers, and my periodic row rant episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. I thought he was a new appointee uh, when Obi-Wan sh- I just, I think he was a little miscast. Um, and, but the Grand Inquisitor is probably one of my favorites. Um, and I, I, I also, even though she, I don't think she counts, I also really like Reva. Mm-hmm. And she's okay. the only Inquisitor I feel like we got to on a personal basis i would love to have an inquisitor limited series comic book that just kind of gets into detail about them a little like a little more detail about them or a personal story about them um so yeah i think the, the how about you do you have a favorite that would be an interesting thing to uh, get to know an inquisitor i do have a favorite and i think it's i'm only basing it on looks um I like the fourth sister. Fourth sister. She's she was in um, in the Kenobi series. She kind of was always in the background. Yeah, she had her she had her head covered with some like four tendrils coming from uh, behind her, and uh, I think her suit was awesome. I think she probably 
uh, she was probably the best looking Inquisitor. Because I think when, you know, when you see the Grand Inquisitor coming down the uh, the ramp of the ship in Kenobi, it feels like uh, it feels like um, like his tailor fell asleep. Everything, <laughs> his, his, his pants were loose. His jacket was a little floppy. The seams weren't in the right place. It didn't seem like the costume department. Uh, maybe they hired somebody else in the last second. They replaced him and they couldn't. They couldn't fix the, the, yeah. the tailoring. The, the, it was a little off. Yeah, it 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 was. I think I agree with you. She is really great. Um, and and the, again, the poor Grand Inquisitor, man. You're the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> I know. This is your representation. Exactly. Um, there was another one that popped into my mind when you were describing the fourth sister. Oh, I I don't I it may be the second sister from uh the the Jedi video game, um the first one. I apologize, I'm blanking. Oh, yes. Uh her name I, is Trilla. Yes. She was uh really interesting. And, and again, it was a an inquisitor that wasn't just a tool it was a kind of personal story to um hold on let me get this i, I want to get the names right because i always um mess this up um jedi fallen order and she yeah. had a, a background with the lead character in in fallen order and so it just felt personal and really interesting and i i like i like when you get into that personal aspect like with i think vader's now a bad example the emperor if we get too personal or get too much in his head i don't like it i want to be a little distance from him i want to be a little distance from the grand inquisitor i don't want to know anything more about him than i already know yeah and i think you know when when people uh when people cry out and say we you know we would love to have a darth vader series i think that's that's one of the dangers um that you face is yeah. uh obviously you know maybe having the writer kind of screw something up for somebody that has built up this character in their 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 head for for 40 plus years but um i think you know a, a little mystery goes a long way and the inquisitors definitely have that I feel that, uh, you know, yeah. it, there does seem like there are different, uh, you know, species, different humanoids of Inquisitors. Um, obviously, if they are fallen Jedi, then yes, they, they would have been taken from all across the galaxy um, for sure. Um, yeah, Reva Reva's interesting. I, I you know, I, I didn't uh, object to, to her character for the most part, but I think I objected in the inclusion of her character in the Kenobi show. Um it was to me. It just it felt like a distraction because I really wanted to see the uh, the continued relationship between Obi Wan and Anakin slash Vader. I think it was really important to be able to see, um, especially after the prequels, to to be able to see the um, the falling apart of that uh, of that relationship, or at least the consequence of uh, that last encounter. Um, I yeah. think I think Reva kind of muddied that uh, that that story up a little bit but um yeah i don't know 
I love the, I, I, you know, I, I love the concept of the Inquisitors. I don't mind. Yes. You know, like you, like you said, Vader, you know, Vader is Vader. Um, like you said, he's kind of like the CEO, you know, I'll tell you what to do. These are my orders go. Um, but you know, it's, it's, um, it's not like he, uh, it's not like he was hands off because I think in the comic books, if, no. if, if the Inquisitors found someone, then uh, you know Vader would would show up and and help out and take you know take care of business. I think uh, there was a comic book I think where the Inquis Inquisitors were chasing, um, what's the librarian's name? Oh, from the from the Jedi Temple. Uh, it starts with a Jocasta Nu. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know they uh, they discovered that she was still alive, and they were chasing her. Then Vader showed up. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So you know, Vader's definitely not hands off, but uh, I, I can understand uh, how some folks would uh, would want Vader to kind of take care of business. But I think it. Uh, I think you're right. It it puts him in danger of being uh, ineffective. You know, unless obviously a writer just uh, have has Vader, uh, you know, killing with uh, with no mercy, you know, a hundred percent. So, um, which I would yeah. be fine with too, because yeah. he is I mean, Vader. We, we see a little bit of that in Obi Wan that he is um, uh, not just destructive but a murderer, yeah. um, vicious, scary, fierce. I have um, kind of a, I don't know if it's a theory or not, but if you watch the Clone Wars, the Mortis arc, where it's the son, the daughter, and the father, is it the sure. father? Yes. Um, the son, who is the dark side, looks exactly like the, not exactly like, very close to the Grand Inquisitor. The, right. the, the design is very much there, and I wonder if they... Uh, created that character and we're like how can we bring something like this into uh, the into uh the day-to-day -day world of star wars that's not just in the mortis world but into um continuing storylines uh especially with rebels coming out you know shortly after um uh the clone wars ended the first time yeah, absolutely. Let's um I wanted to uh talk a little bit about the brutality of of the inquisitors. I know uh you know we're talking about uh you know sometimes they are ineffective, but it also it kind of depends on the medium. I think um you know we we talked about how kind of wishy-washy they were in Kenobi, but I think Rebels really did a good job in portraying uh the inquisitors as effective, you know, Jedi hunters. Um, what do you remember about the Inquisitors and Rebels? The door is locked, Kanan. The door is locked. I'm a little preoccupied at the moment. Was, was, did Rebels have the helicopter uh, lightsabers? Oh, you had to bring that up, didn't you? Uh, that's that's pretty much what that's I remember. remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember there's three of them. They all seemed very mean and fierce. Um, and it was always exciting to watch them fight the heroes. Um, you know, it's been a while since I've watched Rebels. So, and you know, my my brain 
can only hold so much. And right now it's holding <laughs> information about the Ray movie um, that I can't tell you about. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Because you're because you're living in the future. But, you know, um, but there, yeah. there, there are several scenes where, um, you know, the Inquisitors are, are, are shown to be ruthless. They are shown to be, you know, pretty effective. Um, yeah. You know, there's um, there's a, a scene where uh, the, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin is uh, he calls in um officers grint and aresco from from the empire and um i think uh they were i forgot what planet they're on wasn't mandalore but uh tarkin and the grand inquisitor were in the office these two officers come in and basically tarkin says i understand you have experience dealing with these insurgents oh yes sir and your efforts have been less than successful well, I, I wouldn't say... That. Commandant, if your efforts had been successful, we would not be having this little chat. Now, when was the last activity reported? Sir, we uh, responded personally to an attack last night in one of the outlying towns. And the details of this attack? Uh, nothing of note. Uh, the insurgents stole some supplies and escaped on speeder bikes. Uh, no casualties. Ah, but you see, Commandant, there is something of note in that report. No casualties. Your rebel cell is more principled than others. Others, sir? Oh, you mean there are other cells? Cells, factions, tribes, call them what you will. They lack the one thing that would make them a credible threat to the Empire. Unity. While your cell seems uninterested in violence, it does present a specific threat. The Jedi. They wrote it almost like a scene in um, in The Godfather where the Grand Inquisitor kind of slowly turns around and gets behind Grint and Oresco. There are whispers of this alleged Jedi in the streets. In time, such whispers might spark belief in something other than the strength and security of the Empire. And that, gentlemen, is something I cannot have. Make no mistake, from now on, failure will have consequences. Agent Callus, you will dispatch probe droids to every known location of insurgent activity on Lothal. We will discover the whereabouts of these criminals, and we will make examples of them. You know, there are um, other examples, obviously, of uh, how ruthless they are in uh, the animated shows, and it's, it's funny that... Uh, that, uh, you know, they are written this way in a supposedly, uh, you know, show for 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 younger people. But yeah. um, I think one of the things that I do remember about the Inquisitors is that uh, they are badass in in the cartoons. Yeah, it's like growing up with Transformers and G.I. Joe and He-Man where if someone gets shot or something, if their vehicle blows up, there's a parachute so you know nobody ever dies. It was shocking to come to Rebels and like it, it almost like um, you, uh, what a, a stewed frog where uh, you're, you're – that's a bad analogy. I'm going to back away from that. Um <laughs> Where you're watching this show animated, it's on Disney, you're thinking, uh, oh, it's not going to be too dark, and it goes right there. Yeah. And and the Inquisitors were a great example of that in, in with their brutality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think overall, you know, I'm really um, 
I'm really happy that the Inquisitors exist. I think they have a really great aesthetic. I have they they, they have a cool design. They're not yep. as ineffective as uh, as one might think. Uh, you know, when I think of ineffective characters, I do think of the Knights of Ren. Um, yep. They were just kind of like standing around uh, on on edges of cliffs, uh, you know, <laughs> waiting to to take selfies on on mountaintops. Um, so, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Final thoughts on, on the Inquisitors, Dave, this, uh, I, like I said, I, I really like the Inquisitors. Hello, third sister. Revenge does wonders for the will to live. Don't you think your rage was useful? Now it is we will leave you where we found you, in the gutter where you belong. Goodbye, Grand Inquisitor. I agree. I like the Inquisitors. I have come around to really enjoying them. Um, I kind of want to know more, like, is there a limit to them? I read somewhere that somewhere along the line, uh, they were vanished, you know, they just kind of like disappeared. Like, uh, the theory is that all the Jedi were accounted for, or they felt like there was no more Jedi to hunt. So <clears throat> obviously with the rule of two, you're going to have to eliminate those guys because, you know, if you're Vader, you don't want them at your back. Sure. Wanting to become EVP of Imperial Inc. Um, and I, I just, uh, yeah, I think they're kind of a great addition. And it took me a little bit to come around to that. But I, I think they're a great addition to the Star Wars mythos. And I would like to dive in and uh, see more of them. Excellent. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think... Uh you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we will see more of them. Um, maybe, uh, you know, unless they're all zombified and green farted, like in the Ahsoka <laughs> show. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying now. <laughs> like Merrick. <laughs> like Merrick. I love that. Merrick is another perfect example of Twitter <laughs> gone wrong. Because everyone obsessed over this guy. Yeah. And... That's it true. Like, That's so true. Even I thought like maybe he was uh, Ezra. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah. From Ezra to, I don't know, it's, it's too funny. But, you know, it's 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 what we do. We look at the patterns and uh, try to predict what the next one will be. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of next one, um, Dave, thank you so much again for uh, joining me on this edition of the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. Before I let you go back into the future to watch the Ray movie in 2027 <laughs> or wherever it is that you came from, uh, why don't you tell the good folks that are listening where people can find you and if you have any uh, new upcoming interviews for, uh, for your podcast. Absolutely. So uh, the podcast right now, what does Star Wars mean to you? You can find us on Amazon, Apple, uh, Spotify, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, you probably can find what does Star Wars mean to you? 
Uh, you can find us on the socials at what does Star. Uh, no, I'm sorry. You can find us on the socials at Star Wars Mean to You. That's Star Wars Mean, the number two, and the letter U. Um, and we are in a bit of hibernation right now. Pardon our dust. We're under construction. We're, um, I'm going to be, uh, getting a co-host. We're updating the show a little bit, uh, but still, uh, talking to fans and industry insiders, um, about what Star Wars means to them and how, uh, Star Wars has impacted their life. Excellent. Excellent. Good stuff. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, give Dave a follow at that account and uh, check out uh, some of the back catalog uh, the interviews. Some good stuff there. Absolutely. Dave, thank you so much. Uh, and if you guys have any thoughts on the Inquisitors and you want to leave us a voicemail, go ahead. We've got a scare of Scuttlebutt hotline 773-234-8659. Remember, we are part of the Red 5 Network for more Red 5 Network shenanigans. Go check out the rest of the team at bio.link slash red5. Until next time, this is Ro from the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, and that is the Scuttlebutt. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>